Welcome, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Bellies, Babies, and Beyond podcast. I am your host and parenting coach, Debbie Fazio, and I'm so excited to bring to you a podcast that discusses all topics from pregnancy and childbirth right through into parenting. Over my almost two decades working with new and expecting families and raising my own children who are now in their 20s, I have met some incredible experts, and I'm excited to share them all with you because we all know it takes a village. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to introduce our guest today, Jessica. Jessica is one of our very own here at Precious Moments Babies. So thank you so much for joining today. I'm absolutely honored. Thank you for having me, Debbie. Um, I'm excited to share whatever we can today and um, experience this with you. I'm excited about everything in the perinatal world. So whatever comes up is going to be exciting. And um, I'm just honored to be here. So thank you. Awesome. Well, our topic today is actually quite interesting one. It's fear of birth or fear around birth. So before we get started on that hot topic, why don't you share a little bit about you, your what you do, what your trainings are, and then we'll get started. So I've started in my journey working with mothers and babies as a natural practitioner um, in my early 20s, um, over two decades ago. I'm trained in several modalities from energy work um, all the way through to homeopathy, um, as well as a few different natural practice, natural, sorry, natural um, modalities that I've incorporated in my new role as a perinatal support worker. Um, I went back to school approximately, I guess, five, six years ago to become a perinatal support worker so I could support women through labor, um, through birth, through conception, all the way through to postpartum. I was finding as a natural practitioner that a lot of women who were coming to me had residual um, a residual effects, uh, disharmony coming from being pregnant or their labor. Um, and some of the children as well were exhibiting symptoms that could be related back to their birth. Um, I truly believe that every woman is entitled to come out of labor um, feeling empowered um, and every child deserves to have a gentle birth. So that's when I decided to, to be more hands-on in the role as a labor support person, as a pregnancy support um, person. And I absolutely love it. Um, I love just being a part of the woman's journey, the child's journey, the partner's journey, all of that. It's just so fabulous. And I feel so honored to just be able to um, partake in, in their journey and guide them gently through this process. Um, and, uh, and you every, do have three kids of your own too. Yes. And you know, personally. That, yeah. And that was another thing. Like I do have three beautiful children. Um, my oldest is now 20 tiger. Um, my daughter rain who's 17 and my son river, who's now 14. And all three of my births were absolutely, I want to say orgasmic. I remember coming out of my first birth and going like, this is so beautiful and orgasmic. And as an energy healer, I was like this, it just, all my chakras were aligned and everything's just, you know, was my opportunity to connect with, you know, whatever you wish to call that, but that true sense of self, um, birthing myself and just feeling so empowered by the capabilities of my body. Um, and I, at that moment as well was when, you know, trying to share my story of how glorious and orgasmic my births were hearing all of the, um, 
you know, hearing all these stories from these women that really didn't have that same experience as me. And that really touched my heart. And it's been my passion. It's been my mission to really help women to explore the opportunity to use birth as an as as a, a vessel to become this powerful glorious person that we're meant to be so yeah I do have three children and it's it's been my you know that is where my heart is always I love that I love that yeah. well the commonality here with a lot of these recordings that we're doing is that everyone who seems to be working in this space with whatever modality they've learned it's all coming from their own experiences right they want either families to help go through what they experience, which you call being orgasmic, or they want to prevent other families from going through what they went through. So it's beautiful that you're kind of on the other end of it and thinking, you know, I had such an amazing experience. I want other families to see they could have this same thing. So let's kind of get started on that topic of fear around birth or fear of birth. So maybe share with us a few fears, common fears that some mothers or birthing parents experience, you know, during their pregnancy. What have you kind of heard? I feel like the number one thing is the fact that people just don't know if they're capable of actually birthing a child. They don't know if their body has the ability to give birth, which to me, you know, we've been doing this since time began. Time began because women are capable of giving birth. We, we have this within us. And, you know, it's, it's really about changing the mindset and reframing a lot of those fears that they have about not being worthy of giving birth to, you know, such a perfect being, um, not being, you know, physically strong enough to be able to birth a child. Um, and, and really the strength is within us all. And it's just really trying to get our mind out of the way to allow our body to do what we naturally know how to do. Um, I always tell, it's, it's when I teach the prenatal classes, I always like to refer back to the 1950s when they used to use um, basically twilight gas. So they would, women would be put to sleep physically, not doing anything, and their bodies would still birth this child. You know, so we are capable um, in so many ways that we don't realize. And a lot of the time, like I said, it's just our mind gets in the way. So it's reframing that fear, um, you know, really retraining your mind to think in a positive way, which I'm not saying that's easy. It is, it's work and it's mm -hmm. a daily process that you have to incorporate into your, your daily activities where you are, you know, constant affirmations. I am capable. I am strong, I, you know, whatever words resonate with you to make you truly believe that you're capable of this because you are capable of this. Um, and, you know, and, and it comes up with, uh, well, am I capable of vaginal birth? You know, am I, you know, what if I have uh, a cesarean birth? They're all births. Every single way that you birth is birthing a child and you're capable. And whatever that journey looks like for you and your child is what is meant to be. But the important part is being able to come out the other side feeling empowered so that you can start your journey as a mother feeling as though you you were capable and that you are capable of moving forward into raising this child. Um, so one of the yeah. fears then we can kind of sum it up as being, can my body actually do this? Yes. Am I physically capable of expelling a child from my womb into this world? What would be some other common things that you've seen and heard um, mothers or birthing parents say specifically? Because there may be even some physical worries that they have. Not, you know, I'll tell you, my fear was, how do I know? 
I was so scared my entire pregnancy of how will I even know that I'm in labor? And everyone kept saying, you'll know. And I said, how will I know? And I went to the hospital seven times in false labor because I didn't know until I knew. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure that that's even something that a lot of families worry about. It is. And I, I really believe that people need to be educated and prepared. And that in itself, learning what it is, and, I'm, and not to say that we, you know, you didn't make your efforts to learn, you know, my water breaks, I'm in labor, I have cramps, I'm in labor. You know, it's not that simple. It really has to be as I, I keep going back to this daily practice of connecting with your body doing mindful practices where you're you're connecting with your body connecting with your uterus you know talking to your baby and just making that connection and there are several physical symptoms that will come up that will indicate that you are in labor um and and those of course you can you will learn throughout your prenatal classes and such you know your water breaks your contractions um all of those but it really is a lot to do with trusting your intuition and trusting that you know and and you know and I know that sounds so woo woo or like oh yeah I'm just gonna know trust me intuitions but like you said you know anyone that comes to me it's like well you know what go talk to your doctor go see just as you did you know if you're uncertain then go talk to your doctor and say I think I'm in labor I my mucus plug fell out I must be in labor you know and and that's where you have to gather a good support system around you that when you, you know, because in the olden days, and I know we all talk about this, we had a village, you know, we had all of our aunties and grandmas and, you know, our local women who we were constantly in communication with that would say, okay, let's look at this, let's feel your belly, you know, how do you, you know, and they would have these questions and they would walk you through this. We don't have that in our world anymore, especially during these times of COVID, we just don't have those connections. So one, forming connections with people who you really feel you can trust, you know, um, having a good medical support system behind you, having a good labor support system, having those people around you that can support you and give you those answers. Um, so that's not a definitive answer. And this is what I also find in this world. There is no definitive answers. You know, when we teach you, um, we'll tell you, here's the one side and here's all the way the other side could happen. You know, you could know instinctly you're in labor because your water broke and you're like, yeah, obvious. But then there's the other side where, you know, some women actually don't feel any sort of pain or symptoms. And, and then you hear these stories. Okay. I gave birth in my toilet. That's a bit <laughs> in my car. Exactly. Exactly. Right? And those are fast labors, but they're also, you know, um, it, it's not necessarily because the woman didn't know she was in labor. They could, because they're, they're faster labors or what have you. Well, but, that, that's actually um, a good point. That's actually probably another fear that a lot of people have is, you know, what if I, I, I don't feel it and I do deliver in my toilet or my living room or my car. So, so that's great. It. So, so a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of things. And I think that's, that's the thing is it's a lot of it is in our head, but you've already given some great tips, which I'm going to kind of sum those up and then maybe add a few more of your own. So one tip that you gave was mindset and sort of changing how we're looking at birth and the, the beauty of birth or the fear of birth Two you gave was education. So if you're actually Huge. taking a prenatal class and learning about, you know, you mentioned mucus plug and a lot of people are probably like, what the heck is that? You know, I lost my mucus plug and I didn't know what it was. So I rushed calling the doctor saying, what is this? So mm -hmm. education is another great tip you mentioned was to learn about things that are going to happen through the transition as you reach that exactly that stage of, of birthing. And then three, having that support system, people that you can call and reach out to right away and say, this is what's going on. What do you think? So that that's going to eliminate 
the fears. So mindset, education, support and village, any exactly. other tips that you can offer, uh, you practical know, one the, tips even to, to help eliminate the fear. Yeah. And I would say, you know what, mind body connection is huge as well. And that is mindset is, is similar to that, but mind body connection is, is a little bit different as well, where you're checking in with yourself on a regular, whether you're pregnant or not, we need to be doing this as, as humans is constantly doing a body scan. How do I feel? Where's, you know, where are my aches? Where are my pains? Where am I holding my stress? Where am I holding all of that? But it's the mind body connection where you, you literally, you spend 10 minutes a day and you just hold and feel, what does it feel like in this moment? Okay. I know I'm not in labor. So this is, you know, this is what I'm feeling at this moment, but really checking in with yourself and your body on a regular consistent um, moment, really That's day good. to day. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to bring up another fear that I know a lot of the, the families <laughs> I've worked with are, and that's the fear of pain. And sometimes anticipation yes. of it makes it a lot worse. So for those, um, ex, you know, expectant moms who are maybe worried about, you know, we've all seen the movie and the TV show with the screaming mother giving birth, um, any tips on maybe how they can reformulate the thoughts going through their mind that are revolving around the physical pain that they may be going through when they deliver? For sure. And I find one of the things that people, you know, reiterate to me is that, you know, people have said, well, pain with purpose. I, to me, that is ridiculous because pain is pain. And I, I'm sorry, I no disrespect anybody that uses that phrase, um, but pain is pain. So one thing is, is, is throughout your life, you have to look at when were you in pain and what did you do to alleviate that pain? What are your go-tos? You know, for example, when you're, when you're on your menses, does it help to put a warm pack on your back? Does it help to lay down? Do you like to eat? Do you like, do you like to keep moving? So really explore what you already have in your toolbox that you use to, to moderate pain at this time. Um, look at different opportunities that um, will allow you to alleviate pain while you're in labor. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people are going towards water birth, of course, because water um, will absorb some of that pain. It allows to take some of the pressure off, all of that. Um, we also use, you know, so speaking with your labor support person and asking them as well, what are some of my, my things, what are some of the tools that I can use? So, you know, I know with our teaching, we teach some of the rebozo movements, we teach some massage, but you really want to get to know, um, if you don't know your love language already, that's huge. That's something, and I'm, I'm not sure if we're going to go into birth plans today, if we have time for that or not, but that's something I always bring up in a birth plan as well, is that you get this opportunity while you're creating your birth plan to communicate with your partner and figure out what is your love language? Like when I'm in pain, what do I need? Do I need a hug? Do I need someone to not touch me? Do I need does someone, if someone hands me a flower, am I automatically feel better? What is, is it acts of service? Like what is it that helps you get into that space of feeling love? Because when there's love, love and fear cannot coexist together. And I will say that over and over, love and fear cannot coexist together. So if you can bring yourself into a space of love, um, the fear will dissipate, right? So we talk a lot about oxytocin, which we know is the natural love drug, which helps to alleviate pain as well. Um, I always tease people and I say, well, whatever got you into this situation, that energy is going to get you out of the situation. <laughs> that's so, great. <laughs> great tip. Right? So I, you know, that's one thing um, around pain, but we also have to be very cognizant of the actual physical um, tools that we can use. Do you like massage, right? Do you need, do you like music? 
um, do is ambiance big for you, right? Because it's setting the stage for success, setting the stage for love. So if we can kind of, there's going to be pain, right? We're not eliminating pain. We're not eliminating pain. It's how we view it. And yes, pain with a purpose, yada, yada. But it's how we view it and how can we soften everything around us so that we can soften and relax. Because as you become pain in pain, you will go into, and, and this may get, you know, a little bit scientific for people, but I'm a scientific geek. So, you know, there's your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. And your sympathetic is all about fight and flight, you know, and your parasympathetic is about relaxing. So when you're in this fight and flight, sympathetic stress, tension, your whole body just tenses up. So really, we got to figure out how to get you into that parasympathetic, relaxed state. Is this easy? No, it takes practice. And I suggest you start practicing from day one. You know, um, I started teaching my kids meditation um, when my oldest was 10 days old the first time we went to a meditation class. So it's just very important to try to model your, you know, your day-to-day -day living about keeping yourself calm and relaxed. And, and what does that look like for you? Everybody's an individual, you know, um, someone may like to watch television. Someone else might like to sing. Um, I had one client, it was absolutely beautiful. We had a whole soca playlist and we danced for about 45 minutes. And that kept her in that state of just allowing the body to relax. Cause when the body relaxes, the muscles relax and the body, the baby will actually just release out of your body versus you having to push it. Um, but it does take, it does take training of the mind and training of the body and keeping your, your limbs, you know, um, your hips limber, keeping, you know, yourself active, keeping your hydration up, you know, the more, um, you're hydrated, the more your muscles can move fluidly, you know, um, all of these things play a role. So it's, it's not really one thing like, you know, and, and the epidural, you know, that is also a beautiful tool that's been given to us to help manage pain. You know, we don't want to exclude what the medical profession has given us because those are beautiful opportunities to alleviate some pain as well. Um, so there's, I'm not sure if that quite answered your question. No, it did but answer. It did answer. Yeah. And I love that you brought up the, you know, the dancing, because I think this is one component that is really lost in our new world is that, um, you know, when we watch those movies and we're watching those TV shows of the woman screaming while she's delivering almost every single time she's laying flat on her back in a bed. And I think that's a really important thing is that parents need to know that that is probably the most painful way of delivering a baby. So honor your body, listen to what it's telling you, move with this discomfort. So if you're feeling pain in a position, dance. If you're feeling, you know, pain in that, sit on a ball. If you're feeling pain in that, go in a tub, keep moving with that pain until you find those comfort moments. That's a big tool that I know, even with the dancing, you know, swaying the hips, those are all great things that parents can do as well as tools. Absolutely. And, and just finding love in whatever you can, you know, I, I remember in my third child and all my, my births were rather uneventful um, and my third child um, feeling a little bit stuck and I remember just taking that moment and, and looking into my partner's eyes and just that moment of connection of love allowed my body to go okay everything's going to be okay and I went from eight to ten centimeters like that you know like mm -hmm. it really sometimes just takes that somebody else there as well supporting you to remind you everything's going to be okay you're in a space of love you're safe you're protected um but movement is 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 huge 
Um, and what Debbie mentioned as well is not being on your back. Like squatting position is exactly what we need. Um, and I did the same woman who was dancing and, and the nurses came in and danced with us. And this was a, a um, an educational hospital as well, downtown Toronto. And they were all quite cool with it. Um, and then when she got stuck, you know, I had suggested let's grab that squatting bar and she was on an epidural um, and the nurses were kind of like, you know what, that's, you know, that's a bit much right now for us. And, you know, cause it's a lot of work. And I got up on that bed with her and I held on her under her arms and we squatted. And, and so what I'm trying to do is debunk the theory that if you're on an epidural, you have to be on your back as well. It's not actually true. Um, you do need to be in your bed. You do need to be more supportive, of course, because we can have low blood pressure due to that. You don't have as much um, mobility, all of that jazz but it's not the end all be all of your movement. And you don't need to be on your back if you have an epidural to give birth. You really, it, you do not. That is what we are taught. Um, but there is, there's so many different options as well to just keep That's yourself amazing. in that squatting position for birth. And, and like Debbie said, utilize the tools that are there for you. And you know, if you like massage, teach your partner what feels good and what doesn't feel good prior to getting there, you know? Love that. Well, Jessica, thank you so much for talking to us today. We've given some really valuable insight and great tools. But before we wrap up, tell us what was that one thing you wish you knew then that you know now? One little tidbit that you can give parents that are listening. Hmm, you know, so I want to say, you know, the main thing for me is just taking time for yourself and, you know, not feeling guilty about it. Um, I didn't, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to walk away from, from my, from my children or my family. Um, and you know, you need to take time to unpack all that mental and emotional baggage you carry around from trying to be that perfect mother, the perfect partner, the perfect, you know, that you have this perfect little angel that you just want to be perfect for. And you know what, hon, you are perfect because they chose you and you need to constantly take time to unload that mental and emotional baggage. You really do whatever that looks like to you. I love that. Jessica, thank you so much for joining today. And for everyone I listening and watching, I'm going to put how you can reach out to Jessica and all of the babies team on the show notes. Um, but you can also reach us at the babies.ca website and any of our social media, you can just type in the B-A-B-E-E-Z handle, you'll find us. And uh, thank you so much, Jessica. I look forward to other podcasts and recordings with you. So mm -hmm. make sure everyone turns back. You mentioned the birth plan, which is one of them down the road. So make sure you go look for that podcast as well. Thanks, everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Debbie. I appreciate it. For the most precious moments. Well? <gasps> it's positive. Oh, oh my gosh, amazing. I can't believe we're that's pregnant. I'm so excited. Oh, that's oh, my goodness. Awesome. So now what? Well, we contact Precious Moments Babies, of course. They have us covered from prenatal care to birth, postnatal support, and sleep counseling. Babies has over 14 years experience and a team of amazing PNSWs, nurses, and doulas. Babies is always available to help you 24-7. Visit B-A-B-E-E-Z dot C-A.